Turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Matthew chapter 5. The uh, first part of this chapter um, is pretty commonly referred to as what's known as, known as the Beatitudes. And um, so I want to run through that real quick, but I want you to understand going into that that this is not the core of the message, but it kind of lays a little bit of groundwork. So let's, let's read through this, and we're going to start in verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. And verse 13 is where we're really going to focus today. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. So this morning, uh, what I want to talk to you about is having a mindset that says, don't take away the salt. We see here, uh, Jesus is talking to his disciples. If you go back up and look at verse 1 and 2, you'll see who who he's talking to, and I'm sure there were others around. But he's, he's telling them real plainly how they should behave and how they should act and, and what is the re- reaction to those sort of things. And he goes on and it, it kind of tends to lead toward um, what's going to happen when we are like him in this world and you're going to see this persecution and stuff come. And we see that today, the more we're like Christ, the more this world doesn't like it. The more rejection we see from it, the more um, we, we see a, a total resistance in our own government against it even. We see it in our schools and in our jobs. We see it all around us. And there's a whole lot of people that just do not like the name of Jesus. They don't like anything that a Christian should stand for. They don't like anything about it. So... It, it would be awful easy for us as Christians to want to adopt this attitude of going with the flow and trying to somehow make uh, the Word of God more palatable. Uh, some, some people might say, 
uh, we need to be more relevant. Okay? Anytime somebody says that, my ears perk up because I'm not sure they know what the word means. Okay? Being more relevant is not what we see in a lot of churches today. What we see is is a giving away of the principles and values that God has given us to follow. We see a departure from it instead of uh, taking those same concepts and ideals and uh, relating them to a new generation. So being relevant has turned into this ideal of compromise instead of standing for values. So... When I say don't take away the salt, what I'm going to talk to you about is is maintaining the principles and the values that God has given us to stand for and not being ashamed of that. What is it that we're supposed to be? Okay, Jesus tells us real plainly there that we are to be salt and we are to be light. That's our purpose in this world child of God. The light one we, we can understand, right? We're supposed to shine light into darkness. When light comes into darkness, it dispels darkness. Darkness can't remain where light is. It's impossible. Physically impossible. So we are to be light to this world, but man, sometimes we want to skip right over the salt part and just go to the light. Okay? And you see this in churches today. They do all sorts of things to try to draw people in. They want to shine light. But just because you turn a light on doesn't mean it's revealing something good. You hear me today? And y'all, I'm not here today to beat up on all these big churches, but there is a trend that is present in this country today that we need to be aware of, and we need to make sure that in our own personal and individual lives, we are not doing these things. What does it mean to be salt? Let's just think about physical salt for a moment. I like salt. I'm sure most of you here do, right? Some of you may like it so much that the doctors told you you need to lay off of it. I've seen people that like salt so much that when they get their plate of food before they even taste it, they're already putting salt on it. They just have this feeling that they're going to need some, right? Okay, that's, that's fine. That's the way you want to do it. Go ahead. But we understand there's a value in salt. There, it, it brings about good flavor. It enhances flavor. Okay? I want you to understand that if you put salt on watermelon, it makes it better. It does. Cantaloupe, whatever. Some of y'all don't agree with me. I don't care. <laughs> salt is used for seasoning. It enhances the flavor in the food. Okay, you can put too much, right? But more often than not, it, you need to add a little bit. Okay? So we know, we know that use. Salt's also used to preserve things. They, they put it on meats and, and dry the meats out and preserve them. And man, they make some of the best stuff you've ever seen. Y'all know what prosciutto is? That's not an East Texas word. It's good stuff, though. Got to have salt to make it. 
It's like a dried ham. Salt is a preservative, okay? And, I mean, hang on to these little things that I'm throwing out about the physical meaning because the, these all relate to what we are to be to this world, okay? Salt creates thirst. If you ever have something too salty, what happens? I need something to drink, right? You, you, can't, eat a, you can't eat a lot of beef jerky and not have something to drink with it. You've got to have some water. Eventually, you're going to need some because it's going to dry you out. Salt also is necessary for your body to function. If you lose salt, man, you just ain't going to be able to think right. You ain't going to be able to do anything you need to do. There's a certain amount of salt that's required in your body for that stuff to happen. Salt also has almost a negative connotation in that it is often has kind of a sharp, biting kind of feel. If you get too much salt sometimes in your food, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to get into that a little bit later. So, yeah, we're supposed to be a preservative in this world. Okay? So, y'all, what I mean by preservative is there is a presence in this world of God, and that's His children, Okay? We are to be a force in this world that stands against evil, that does everything we can to hinder the continued spread of corruption in this world. We are to preserve this world as long as possible. We're to be that force. That's what he's calling us to be. This means that we are to live in such a way that we are instrumental in slowing the spread of corruption and evil. Now that's personal. That's personal. You're to live in such a way that all around you, evil is hindered. Don't you just let that soak in for a moment and ask yourself a question. Do you live like that? Do you live in such a way that when you encounter someone, evil is hindered? Hmm. See, that's a force to be reckoned with there. That, that, that doesn't have anything to do with complacency or apathy. Or, man, it's the exact opposite. Do you live that way? That when you encounter evil or corruption, that it's hindered because of you. That's what we're supposed to be in this world. And if it's possible, eliminate it. We are called to provide flavor to this world. By that I mean it's the goodness of God that draws me into repentance. Y'all, if I, if I came to your house and you served me a meal and it was just bland and had no flavor and, and you know, I'm probably going to eat it, but I ain't going to want to come back next time. Okay? And you're probably the same way. If you showed up at my house and we served you a meal and, and it just didn't have any flavor, it didn't have nothing about it. Look, I don't eat food just because I need nourishment. Y'all hear me today? Y'all awful quiet. 
You see, I, I enjoy food. I enjoy the whole process of, of smelling it and eating it, the texture, the flavor, everything. So those components have to be in there. And likewise, we as the children of God are to provide that flavor to this world. We're we're to provide something that's appealing and attractive that this world can see and say, man, I don't have that in my life and I need it and I want it. Now we don't do that by looking like them. You hear me? They've got that out there. They don't need another Starbucks. They don't need another bar. They don't need another concert. They don't need all of that stuff because it's readily available out in the world. They need a place of refuge. They need a place to find peace and joy and comfort that will fill the hole that they have in them that they're trying so desperately to shove all these other things into. We're to be that flavor in this world. Something that will draw men to Him. He said, if I'm lifted up, I will draw men to me. People need to know of His goodness. They need to know of His love for them. They need to know that there's a place that they can find peace and joy and fulfillment. They search for it in all kinds of things, y'all. Dope heads don't become dope heads overnight. It's a long process. And, you know, we we use that term and it sounds so negative. It it is. But I'm telling you, that's a soul that Jesus loves that He still wants to see saved. And they're in that shape for a reason. Because there's something missing in them that they hunger for. Whether they didn't get it as a kid or whatever, it doesn't matter. The end result is they need Jesus and they need that love that only He can provide. And we got to show it to them. So I told you that salt often has a something sharp, biting, and aggressive in it. I don't put salt in my food because I want to a nice, sweet, smooth flavor. It adds a little extra something to it, doesn't it? You, you add salt to watermelon, it actually makes it kind of sweeter. I don't know how that works, but it adds this extra bite to it that, that wasn't there before. And it enhances that. So how does that relate to us? Well, first of all, we don't need to water down the Word of God. It's going to have some bite to it, okay? It needs to. I'm not saying I need to try to somehow drum up something that's going to prick your heart. I don't have to. But if I begin to compromise the Word of God, I am quenching the Spirit in effect. I'm preventing the Holy Spirit from going about doing the work that He's going to do because I'm not preaching the true Word. And you say, well, that's great, Pastor. You need to preach it. No, you need to too. You see, when we, when we hear things going on around us and we know it's contrary to the Word of God, it's time to bring the Word of God on the scene. You say, well, that's going to offend people. You're daggum right it's going to offend somebody. Guess what? The cross of Jesus Christ is an offense. The Bible calls it a stone of stumbling, a rock of offense. 
If it didn't offend me, I would have never been pricked in my heart. It would have looked just like everything else in this world. You see, it needs to offend me. We're living in a day and age today when nobody wants to offend anybody in action or word or deed. They don't want to offend anyone. If we offend them, obviously you did something wrong. No. Sometimes you just need to have your little pity party and get it over with and realize you needed to be offended. You were wrong. The Word of God is true, not you. Sometimes you need to know that as a human. If we begin to compromise the Word of God and and make it more palatable and water it down and, and try to substitute something else for it, we're removing the salt from this world. I don't know. Is there any salt substitutes? I don't know. There probably is. I know there's sugar substitutes, though, and they're all nasty. I have not found one that I liked. Y'all, my mom used to try to substitute things, okay? She made a meatloaf one time. That's one of my favorite meals. I love meatloaf. And she made a meatloaf one time out of turkey, ground turkey, and thought I wouldn't notice. Well, it's the same. You you didn't even know I no, I knew something wasn't right. Okay, something was missing. It just it's there. What it wasn't right. Well, you say well, it's just as good. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, you can say what you want to. It ain't just as good. If it was just as good, we would have used the beef. There's a reason why you switched to turkey. It was either cheaper. You thought it was better and more healthy for you or whatever, but it ain't the same thing or we would have stuck to beef. Okay? And you say, okay, Brother Kevin, what's that got to do with this? Well, look, if we begin to substitute the things that God has laid out for us, those principles and values, the very things that led us into repentance and brought salvation into our life, if we begin to substitute something else in place of those things, What's going to be the reaction? Y'all, I've never had a substitute that I said, that's better than the original. I ain't talking about teachers, y'all. Get offended. I've never had a substitute that I said, man, I, I would much rather have this than the original one. It's always something different, something missing. And you might, you might reason in your mind and say, well, that's good enough. Is that really? Come on now. Y'all hear me today. Y'all don't go to sleep on me. Is that really what you want your relationship with God to be? Just good enough? Is that really the kind of thing you want to go peddling to people out here on the streets? Well, y'all, just come hear what I have to say. This is just good enough. But, but listen, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that God has given us that, that we're, we're holding inside and we're not sharing it with anyone. We know about the glorious thing that is salvation, but we want to share it to other people in small doses and, and make it palatable and, and, and water down everything God is really trying to say. 
People need to know that they are in sin. Y'all, if it wouldn't have been for a preacher preaching hard on that one night, I might not be standing here before you today. You see, I needed to know that sin was sin. And that there was a penalty to pay for it. And that my rejection of Jesus Christ is the very thing that was going to send me to hell, not Him. You see, He provided a way. But when I reject that way, He said, look man, I tried. I helped, I I, I did everything I could for you. You're going to hell on your own. We look at God sometimes and we think, man, He's awful hard. He's awful demanding, but He's he's not. He's a loving God that has said, I want to make a way for you. And I went to a lot of effort to do it. But guys, when we go into this world and we water it down and we, we tell them, look, you can come to Him however you want to. I ain't talking about the come as you are mentality. I'm talking about When you do come as you are, you shouldn't stay as you are. Okay? But that's what the church today is preaching. That you can just live however you want to. You can live in sin if you want to. It's all right. There won't be any consequences for it. As long as you keep coming to church. Y'all, that's not right. We know that sitting here, but do other people we encounter know it? Is evil hindered when we're in the presence of these people? Or does it just continue to abound? What's God trying to tell us in this? He's saying that we must continue to be what He has called us to be. You hear me today. Listen to me. If you're half asleep right now, y'all listen to me. You've got to continue to be what He's called you to be. You can't change it into something else. You can't modify it somehow and make it more palatable to this world in the ideal of being more relevant. If He's called you to preach His Word, preach His Word. If He's called you to stand in the face of the enemy, you better stand. What has He called you to? What has He put in your heart over the years? Don't water that down. Go back to the thing He said originally. We cannot compromise our Christian heritage and values because this world changes. People need to know that there is a rock they can stand on. Something they can cling to that does not change. They need to know that the God we serve does not change. Just because the laws change or the views of this world changed. Y'all, I'm here to tell you today, it's still wrong to murder. It's still wrong to to, uh, lie. It's still wrong to not honor your parents. It's still wrong. It's still wrong. You hear me? Homosexuality is still wrong. Drugs, alcohol, it's still wrong. But what we see in the church today is we see churches that are are building bars and making deals with with beer makers and coming out with their own labels. Do y'all hear that? What kind of an abomination is that that you want to taint the house of the Lord, the sanctuary, His sanctified holy place with a beer? And You know, look, I'm going to tell you what. People can say what they want to, and if I'm offending you today, you're just going to be offended. 
That's the way it is. Here's what I believe firmly. Is it a sin? Is it going to send you to hell to drink a beer? I don't think it's going to send you to hell. But I guarantee you this. I heard somebody say one day, the, this is this little girl, she kept falling out of the bed every night. Okay? And finally the mama said, Daughter, how, why is it that you keep falling out of the bed every night? She said, Well, Mama, I guess I stayed too close to where I got in. Just let that one sink in for a minute. Because that's what we see today is we see a whole lot of Christians that stay awful close to where they got in. But listen, there ought to be a change in you when you receive Jesus Christ as your Savior. The Word says that we are made a new creation. Huh? I'm not the same as I used to be, so I should continue to look and act the way I used to. I should continue doing the same things I used to. Is it going to send you to hell? No. But I do know that the Bible says that him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Y'all, to me, it's sin. It convicts me so bad, I, I don't even I, I just don't even want to look at the stuff. I don't want to be around it. Hmm. <clears throat> There's this place I, I like to go eat that serves fajitas and I love fajitas, man. It's good. They but this place marinates them in in uh in a beer. And uh Decided I was going to try to make some of them one time, and and uh, my wife went and bought the the beer and marinated the meat, and I put it on the grill, y'all. From the very minute I smelled it, I just couldn't even eat them. I seriously couldn't. And you may say that's just a mental thing, Kevin. I don't know what it is. Okay, I just know I felt a prick in my heart that said, Kevin, you shouldn't even have this at your house. You just shouldn't even have it. Now, y'all, look, when I go out to a restaurant and eat, I, I'm not sitting there examining every content they put in the food. I'm not worried about that stuff. But when I brought that into my home, okay, it, it just didn't sit right with me. God convicted me of it, okay? It wasn't tradition. It wasn't what I was taught as a kid by my parents. It wasn't their ways. It wasn't that. It was God convicting me of it, Okay? Now, if you can go sit down and have a beer and you don't feel any conviction, first of all, I want you to, to seriously examine it, okay? But if you examine it and you don't feel any conviction, that's between you and God. I'm going to tell you right now. But there needs to be a line. And I'm going to tell you, there is a line. And when I was saved, there was a line drawn in the sand. God said, that is the old man this over here is the new man. And y'all, I can't continue doing them old things and continue to think that I'm the new man. There's a separation between those two. Sin will draw a dividing line between you and God that is not crossable as long as you stay in sin. Do you hear me? You say, well, why is it God don't speak to me? You better examine your life, child of God. You better examine it. 
There might be sin there. It might be that the thing you have allowed to come in that you think is okay, that you can get away with, that is alright, that this day and age is different. It might be that that thing is the very thing drawing a dividing wall between you and God. It's this changing world that we're here to stand against, not flow with. You ever thought of that? We're not here to flow with this world. Oh, that's the most convenient thing, right? But that's what the trout think too, right? When they begin to swim upstream, well, it would be a whole lot easier just to go the other way. It's just not in their nature, though. They have a purpose. They have an objective. And y'all, we have a purpose and an objective, and it's not to flow with this world. We're here to be different. And you say, well, I don't want to stand out. I don't want to be strange. I'm not telling you you need to be strange. Have you ever thought that maybe this world's ideal of normal is the one that's skewed? Maybe they've got it all messed up. I'm telling you that God has laid out holy, godly principles for you in this Word. And you should not be ashamed to be like that. You should not be ashamed to stand for what's right. We see it on a regular basis though. The one that stands for right is the one that gets condemned. The one that stands for something that's innocent and pure and holy is the one that gets shut down and mocked and made fun of. I remember thinking those things as a kid. I didn't want to tell my friends about how my church services went. I had one good friend that was Baptist. I had one good friend that was Catholic. I didn't want to tell them about my Pentecostal-like background, you know, because I knew it was weird to them. It was strange. It was a foreign concept. And so, uh, honestly, y'all, I was ashamed of that. I, I was fine when, it was, when I was at church, but when I got around the world... But y'all, when God really did a work in my heart, I realized, y'all, the, the works of God, the gifts that He has for us are without repentance. There, there's nothing there that I needed to be repentant of. There's nothing there that I should be ashamed of. His goodness and His grace poured out toward me and His empowering Spirit moving in me is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to, to treasure and to make sure that others know about it because it's freely available. But today... Just saying you're a Christian is not even, not even acceptable. If you really want to flow with this world, you'll find that even here in the, in the heart of the Bible Belt, East Texas, it's even coming to a place where you don't want to say you're a Christian if you want to flow with this world. If you want to go with the flow, 
You're going to deny Christ. If you want to go with the flow and not hurt anybody's feelings, you're going to have to make compromises. You're going to have to say, well, I'll just have to put up with this little sin for a while. I'll just allow this into my life. This, I know what's right, God, but you know my heart. I don't really want to do this, but you can justify things a thousand different ways. You can, you can do all kinds of things to say, say I, I think I might know better and I, I might be okay to do this. But you know what the Holy Spirit's saying to your heart. If you're one of His children, you hear that little voice. Don't take away the salt. You don't want to eat no food without salt in it. Why would you want to have a world without it? See, if you go on and read, you'll see that, that there in the end of verse 13, it says, the only thing the salt is good for when it doesn't have any, any savor is to be cast out into the street. Look at what you can't do with it. See, salt's good for certain crops to be fertilized. Salt's good for food when it has savor. Salt's a good preservative when it has savor. But when it's lost, the savor, it's not good for any of that stuff. You can't even put it on a crop. You can't even fertilize the ground with it. Do you hear me, children of God? All it's good for is to be thrown in the street and walked on. You can do that with anything. All of a sudden, it's lost the thing that made it beneficial. It's lost the reason for being. Do you hear me? It's lost the very reason for being. And that is who we are. We are to be sought to this world. But when we don't have any savor, there's no point in us being here. 